Well, as you know, it's a very special day for oh, you. Re- oh, goodness. <gasps> and and that means it's a good day for surprises. <gasps> so, I have something for you. I hope you will like it. <gasps> it's something very special. <gasps> something that you can enjoy. So, okay, close your eyes. Okay, close my eyes. eyes are closed. And hold out your hands. <gasps> oh. And open them. <gasps> Oh, wow. Okay, uh, pull the ribbon off and oh, I'll undo the paper carefully so we can reuse it and... <gasps> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura K. Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and do some silly voices and skits and generally just have a bit of a catch-up and a natter. How are you doing this week? This week it's me that's got the fucked voice. Yeah, this illness has been going around. It's been affecting, like... It's been affecting every podcast I've been on because, like, I had very little voice when we did Podquisition a few weeks ago. Then Austin and Chris on Dice Funk couldn't speak. And now you've got the fucked voice. And I know, like, a bunch of other people who've got it. Yeah, the the week and a half long illness that at some point during takes away your voice entirely is doing the rounds. Yeah. But you've got enough voice to podcast tonight, which is good. So, brochural justice might be interesting later. Yeah, you remember <laughs> the other week when um, one of the, the brochural justice people was having a bit of trouble with their voice? <laughs> I wouldn't blame you if you ha- if, if the other one has trouble with their voice this week. Yeah, it's been an alright week though. See? Yeah. yeah. It's been it's been alright. Right. Yeah, we gotta do some socialising, we saw some friends. We did, we did. Do do we do we wanna start around there? Why not? Let's start with what we've played this week, because we played a bunch of stuff with our friends. We did. Well, first off, the big one. The one that's been plotted for a little while. <laughs> Jane um, ran a D and D campaign. I ran a D and D in the polyamory universe. Yeah. This is a podcast that we previously did, and yeah. Jane, we got a bunch of our friends together who mm. hadn't really played D&D before, and you put on a lovely little three-hour, maybe a little It was longer. close to four hours. Yeah, three to four-hour little mini-campaign, and I think it went really well. Yeah, everyone seemed to have fun. Yeah. Uh, you only nearly died a little bit. Only, a, like, a little bit. Our, part, our group had, like, three healers. How was no one healing me when I'm like, I'll do, another, I'll do another death roll, I guess. H- hello? No, I'm still dying. Not allowed to take part in the fun game with my friends. I think they thought... Healers? I think they thought because it was a one-shot, it didn't matter. <laughs> well, I wanted to keep playing. I know, and you should have been allowed to keep playing. But... Yeah, we, we had a lot of fun. Um, I think, considering the fact that no one, most of that group hadn't played D&D before, um, yeah. to the point that we had to f- fix up some character sheets before yeah, we started. Yeah, we spent about an hour and a half fixing character sheets but, and, and stuff I before think, we started. I think they picked it up pretty quick. Like, they got the gist of it. We didn't yeah. get, we didn't do it too much nitty gritty stuff. I tend to run, like, podcast D&D rather yeah. than... Rules! Honestly, that's the same for me. And, like... Here's the thing, as long as you can explain to someone, like, okay, talk about what you want to do, the DM will sometimes say, that stat, roll a dice, add that number, and when you attack, that's what initiative is, it's when you go in the attack turn. Hmm. I, uh, I had some very bad rolls, I must say. Yeah, um, we, we, we played with a, um, so I was playing an orc sorcerer, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and you did a custom wild magic table. Yeah, I made something in the region of like 23 new wild magic rules and... Or, or modified some some other ones, yeah. and then the rest were actually off the uh, wild magic table, including yeah. the fact that you got turned briefly into a potted plant. Yes, we had a had a lot of fun with how that that turned out. Um, I couldn't stop dancing for a while. I was doing a very intimidating <laughs> dance um, and a sexy I, dance. Yeah, I uh, turned, it was the same. I dance. did a sexy dance. It was the same dance, except I winked at the end. I turned into a potted plant and was still very sexy. Mm. Uh, I glowed. I, I tried to convince people that I was some kind of deity because I was just like dancing and glowing at them angrily. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else that the wild table did. Um, there was one where uh, the whole room filled with thick strawberry vapor cloud. Oh yeah, and there was one that was healing me for a while. Uh, you got a brief regen for a while. Yeah, I was not stealthy. Not when you had was... any health. Oh, yeah, I wasn't stealthy, but I was big, sexy, and intimidating. Yeah, yeah, I had lots of fun. I had to keep throwing things at you because you just chugged through things. I, I, I put a, a little mind puzzle in there. Which, before I'd even finished saying it, someone had the answer to. Yeah, I I did have to go, hang on. Hang on, can you give the rest of the room a chance to see if we could have worked it out? Because literally we blinked and it was already Yeah, like, we we were, like, noting down the information to, like, do it. Like, okay, when you finish reading, we'll start thinking about it. And our friend was just like, no, there's the answer. I was like... Well, I want to do the puzzle. I want to play too. It's fine. I ignored... I, I didn't register what had been said, and I was like, I'm going to do it myself and see if I get the same answer. And I did. It was a good puzzle. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm I enjoyed it. enjoyed the puzzle. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah um, it was nice to go back to the Underdark, back to Glory Bond, and, yeah. and do some stuff and work out what was going on with the Scrytomes. Yeah, with Darrow's Fried Rat. That you briefly nipped into a Darrow's. <laughs> um, yeah, in order to sit down and go... Oops, our characters haven't actually introduced each other to each other. <laughs> Let's sit down in Darrow's and do that. Yeah, and, and I like the fact that you sort of formed an impromptu band. Because I looked at the, the team makeup, I was like, you've got two bards, and your sorcerer plays a double bass. What do? <laughs> um, so yeah, we ended up with, um, what was that? We, the band of the Assorted Instruments, I <laughs> yes. think you went with. Assorted Instruments, that's about all you can say about us. <laughs> Because you had what bagpipes, a flutist, uh, a double bass. You play a double bass. Yeah, um, I think there might have been a guitar in there. I think someone else ended up being our manager by the end. Yes, Dan, Dan who was basically uh, a dwarven fighter, ended up being your manager. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Four hours of fun and frolics. Yeah, we ended up playing some board games as well that day. Yeah, we did. Can we talk about those? Um, well, first one is one I've had for a little while, but we haven't really had a proper chance to dig into. It was uh, Munchkin, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, we we played it once in two-player, but this was our first chance to play Three. it with a... We played it with... Uh, oh, yeah. This, this is our first chance to like play it with a larger group, yeah. and it went really well. Yeah, we had a good six-way. <laughs> Lots of fun. Um, <clears throat> it, it reminded me a lot of something like Unstable Unicorns in that... You make good progress up until a certain point, and then everyone starts to panic and throw out their "How can I stop my friends winning?" card. Yeah, it's because we all but one player was sat on level nine. Yeah, it's how can we get through this? There's, there's a certain degree of who can be the one to avoid getting fucked over first. Mm. Pretty much. Yeah, 
And I, I enjoy that. I enjoy the, like, oh, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. Ah, oh, someone stop me. Oh, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. Ah, oh, someone stop me. Oh, you're going to win, you're going to win. Ah, oh, st- I still have a chance. It was also nice that we were all sort of really bunched together for most of the game. Except for our one friend who did not draw any monsters to attack and took him a while to catch up. But once he did, he really rushed up there. Oh, yeah, no, he, like, caught up to the pack in, like, two turns. Yeah. He just had... Very bad luck. And had lots of fun screwing everyone else over. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, for anyone that's not played it, it's a very simple character-based game. Uh, you've Kick got... down the door, find a thing. If it's a monster, you fight the monster. If yeah. it's a trap, you suffer the effects of the trap. Yeah, you get cards to power up your, your character, and you're basically trying to make them strong enough to survive whatever monsters come through. If you beat a monster, you move up a step. First one to ten wins. Mm-hmm. And... It all got very chaotic toward the end. Uh, one of our friends... Oh, was it the Technodrome? Yes. Uh, that twice in a row got shot by the Technodrome. Because we shuffled the tech back up and then it was like, Ah, Technodrome again! Oh, joy. Yes, but it was a lot of fun. It was a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. I, li- I do enjoy Munchkin. Um, it's good, silly fun. And I think with Munchkin, if you played one version, you could pretty easily work out most of the other rules. Yeah. It, they've definitely got some some things unique to them, but mm-hmm. like, it works very well. It's a good yeah. game. And the deluxe edition's got quite a nice board to it as well, which was fun. Oh yeah, that board was nice. Mm, um, it, and compared to other Munchkins, it, it's much easier to track what everyone is doing. Because a lot of the more modern, modern Munchkins use their sort of character sheet with the sort of ten spots in it that you move oh, over. Oh, yes, over. yeah. And this, because it has the standees and the board with the sort of track It's, on it's it. easier to see where everyone's at at a glance. Rather than going, hang on, you've, you've rushed up rather quick there. What happened? Yeah, I had a very good start to uh, that TMNT Munchkin. You did you start with like four extra levels. Uh, yeah, I had like three level up cards in my hand, plus a recycler card, so I used a level up again. I, I like jumped up to level four on turn one. I was, I was having a good start. Pretty badass, yeah. Yeah, I think I won in the end, but I had a considerable head start from that lucky first hand. Mm-hmm. And, and that was uh, one of my Kickstarter successes. Yeah. And then we went on to another Kickstarter success you've... that only arrived, what, last week? Yeah, you've been on a real good roll with finding good board game Kickstarters. Yeah, you have to stop me, though, it's expensive. I know, I know. <laughs> I've, been, or, I've, I've been really struggling recently, like, just hold like, back. Just, like, hold. tell me when you tell me when you find a good one. I trust your judgement, I'll <laughs> chip in, we'll go halves. That, that way, that, I use them enough, I, I will chip in and then it'll be less painful on your wallet. Well, I very much appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, but still, I should really I somewhat know. restrain myself. I know, but it's it's good board games, though. I I've owned Battlestar for four years. I've played it once. Yeah, although to be fair, Battlestar is one that you really have to get people to commit a day to. Yeah, yeah, like. It's it's kind of like the D&D. You've got to sit down and be like, this is going to be several hours of our life. Strap in. <laughs> Strap in, everyone. It's going to be a miserable time on board <laughs> the Galactica. But yes, uh, we played the other Kickstarter game, yes, Village, Village Pillage. Pillage from Chili Bean Games. That's a very simple but very fun little game. It is. It's basically rock, paper, scissors with extra steps. Yeah, it's you've got four types of cards. You've got like the, the raiders that can steal resources... Farmers who gather resources. Yeah, uh, walls that prevent things from being stolen, and merchants, merchants that let you buy things either to progress or to beef up your hand. Mm-hmm. And it's all 
Uh, everyone puts two, uh, holds out two cards, one to like the player on either side of them. Mm-hmm. Everyone turns their cards over at the same time, and then you resolve the rock paper scissors style triangle of who steals what from who and who gets this and that and who's got the most money now. Yeah, uh, we played that in four player. That was that worked very well in that. Yeah, it's it's just sort of a game of trying to it, it's. I think it does it a slight disservice to compare it to rock paper scissors, which is a very luck-based game. Like, there's a lot of... There's a certain amount of luck to it. Well, yeah, but there's also, like, that you can be a lot more strategic because obviously you can look at other players and go, okay, they've got enough resources to buy the uh, the thing that will move them towards victory. Yes. Like, are they likely to play the merchant this turn? Uh, are they low on turnips? Does that mean that they're likely to raid? And if so, should I put walls up? Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, it's a lot of trying to assess, like, what resources... Do my friends have, mm. and can I predict what they're going to play? Yes, and obviously luck plays a factor because, sure, someone might need to play a uh, merchant to buy their item, but they could play it on their left or their right. There's no True. guarantee it'll interact with you, which screwed me up several times. Mm. But yeah, it's a very fun little game. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm not good at it, but I enjoyed it. I'm not good at it either, but I enjoyed it. I. It's one of those, like, even when I was wrong and I lost the resources, I was like, ah, nah, I should have known. One more go. I constantly felt like, oh, I could have worked that out. Let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's my latest one. I got a, a baggie full of wooden turnips arise for the, the Kickstarter exclusive. But um, They're nice wooden turnips. Yeah, nice wooden turnips and that really nice, um, nice weighty coin as well. Oh yeah, that coin was good with the chicken on it. Yes, the Big one. Pixel butts. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was some good games we played. Yeah. So you got any others? Uh, there's another one that we played together. Mm-hmm. You played a bit more of it than I did. Mm-hmm. Was uh, Toe Jam and Earl back Bow. in the groove? <laughs> so you've played more of it than I have, but my take on it is. Hey, Toe Jam and Earl was like an interesting concept that was a little hampered by its uh sli- Yeah, like the original version is like it's a little sluggish and it's a little tough to tell where you are in the foreground background for hitboxes. This fixes a lot of those problems. It's I would say a more playable version of Toe Jam and Earl. I'd also never thought about it before as being a roguelike, but it is. Yeah, yeah, because it's randomized levels, and you're basically trying to explore, find these randomized ship parts, potions, or in this case, presents. Yeah, find parts of ships, find items that will maybe be good or bad. Progress your way up through what twenty-five levels. Yep. It's a very simple game. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to play in co-op, just sort of, you each wander off in your own directions, be like, oh, I found something! I found something, help, I'm being eaten by boogie boogies. Uh, everything is incredibly 80s. 90s, 90s funk. 90s. I was going to say late 80s, but yeah, you're right, early 90s. It's very um, 90s. Everything, everything looks like bowling alley carpets. I think I've said this before All on this podcast. Screens, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, got the, it's got the energy of a 90s bowling alley carpet. <laughs> yes. Um... Yeah, do you want to talk a bit about your more extended thoughts? Because you played through some without me. Yeah, we played through the tutorial together, which is uh, ten levels. Yeah. And you have a selection of, I believe it's six characters unlocked mm. initially. Uh, so you've got Toe Jam and Earl, you've got classic Toe Jam and Earl from the original version. Uh, you've got Luanda and Wanda, I think, something like that. Yeah. Letitia. That sounds right. 
I can't remember. Um, yeah, two new characters. Two new characters. Although I believe one of them was in Total Three on the Xbox. Ah, well, characters that we didn't know. I, I didn't know. And their name is not in the name of the game, therefore it's hard to remember. Yes, and I haven't played as either of them yet. So, um, yeah. but yeah. Um, so initially, as I said, you got the the tutorial. Ten levels gives you a really good sort of idea of what's going on. Yeah. Move through the level, pick up presents, they will be a mystery to you, and yes. as you open them, they could be something that makes you run faster, or something that gives you rocket boots, or makes you have springy shoes, or ricochet wings, or makes uh, enemies pop out at you, or lots of enemies pop out <laughs> at you, or makes all of your revealed presents a mystery again. Yeah, it's it's a lot of... you never quite know what's going to happen, and that's half the fun of it, is... Oops, a thing happened, better react. Yes. And there is a lot of need to keep reacting to things. Yes. Um, I've never finished a Sojo Manel before, so it was nice to sort of go, hey, I got to the end. Yeah. Did um, you feel this one was particularly easier? Or? I think part of it is quality of life. Yeah, less um, deaths to not having correct hitbox placement. Having and... a mini-map really helps. Yeah, right? Because I'm not good at navigating things like yeah. that. Um, yeah, so basically you sort of wander around. If Sometimes if you get near the edge of an island, uh, you will find... I will explain the map. So basically, yeah. um, they do a thing with a black hole and it turns Earth from being a nice sort of approximately spheroid to... Yeah, take that, you flat earthers. <laughs> <laughs> to being sort of weird multi-level thing, um, and with like little pathways that um, can sort of join the islands together. Some of them are watery, some of them are very snowy, some of them yeah. are a bit more deserty, and you'll sink into the sand. Um, various types of humans, be they cosplay nerds or a man dressed as a carrot or oogie boogie monsters. Or the angry man with his lawnmower who chases you. The angry, or the ghost of the angry man with the lawnmower <laughs> who you meet further up. Um, the ghost cow. Yeah, it, it's... Goes, you, <laughs> like, you, you can't do anything to hurt these people. It's you basically... Can. Well, oh, you can. Some, if you can get items, you sometimes yes, if you can. Get a funk, if you get funk foo, you can... Has, as a general rule, you can't re you can't really uh, hurt them moment to moment. Yeah. So it's a lot of like trying to run away and escape and find things and get out safe. Mm -hmm. And sort of rummaging through trees and bushes yeah, and things. Trying to get resources on the way in case they get you. So for anyone who's played the first two games, because they're the only ones I, I can sort of talk about, there are elements from Nil 2. Which was an entirely different game. It was a, yeah. an action platformer in mm. that very 90s style. Um, so the hyperfunk zone is back. Yeah. You can periodically find entrances to the hyperfunk zone and, and do exactly that game from ToeJam and L2. Some of the humans that you'll meet um, at the end of the game, you'll get to Funkatron and you'll see trees and bushes that look very much like the ones from Panic on Funkatron. Mm -hmm. um, you'll meet Lamar. Who I believe was a bigger thing in, in Paddock and Funkatron. I've not played that one in a very that's, long time. That's okay. Yeah. Um, some of the enemies are sort of from that. Some of the humans that you'll encounter. Little girl with a teddy. Curse <laughs> you! And you ended up playing through the end of your, your successful campaign with yes. a person on the internet. Yeah, so as you set up, if you're going in um, starting a new game on your own, you can set up for co-op play if you want. 
or you can just stay solo all the way through. Mm. And then you can set up what kind of co-op play you want. Do you want to open it to just friends or just anyone online? Yeah. Um, so I played like 18 levels up before anyone had even joined me. Yeah. Um, they joined me at the end. Um, they seem to have a few presents. Um, I've jumped into a, somebody else's game now and you do not get any levels. So you will, yeah. you will start as, as like the base weak character with no power. Getting killed by everything. <laughs> yeah, I was getting one shot quite a lot at level 21, but the person who joined me on level 18 seemed to do really well. Maybe um, they're just very, very, very good at it. They were a talented toe jam to my own. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's got hats that you collect as you go through. Basically, as you complete the game, you'll get a chance to get one of three hats, which will give you a bonus. Um... I'm not entirely sure how hats work. I have noticed that as you sort of start a level, I don't know if it's a level or start a game, you will get a chance to um, like put a hat on. Yeah. And it seems to randomise. I've only got one hat at the moment, so it yeah. doesn't take much randomising. <laughs> but I get the impression there's more of that. As you Also, as you go through, you can unlock one of the three hidden characters. Hmm. I've unlocked Flo, who's apparently uh, Earl's mum. Um, but um, you can unlock Peebo as well, who was yeah. a character from Tajama or Two. Uh, a little kind of reminds me of Blinky the Three-Eyed Fish. Oh, okay, um, from yeah. Simpsons, yeah. But he's sort of green and a little bit tenderly in places. Yeah. And I think you used to do like beatbox dancing with him. Mm. There's also the beatbox dancing. Which oh is yeah, back, the beatbox dancing's back, which is very much like um, how to best describe it, like sort of guitar hero rhythm action. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I'm not good at those. Neither am I. I have generally avoided those. But yeah, there's lots of interesting stuff. The mini-map is a great quality of life. Yeah. There's tons of new presents. There's permanent present opening as you go through. It's just a much more playable version of an idea that we already enjoyed playing together. Like We had fun on our attempt at an original Toe Jam and L playthrough. and just makes it an easier game to get into. Definitely. Um, And having... Um, so at the beginning you can only play uh, the tutorial and a sort of fixed world. Hmm. But now that I've, I think once you get to like level 15 or 20 in fixed world, it will unlock a uh, randomised world. Nice. So now I can do randomised stuff and explore all of those things. Nice. Yeah, what else you played? Uh, I'll have a brief story about Pokemon Go to share. Pokemon! I almost lost the ability to access my Pokemon Go account. I was very worried for a couple of days. Uh, short, short, yeah, short version. Issues with the email address that caused me to basically be like, "Oops, can't log into the game now." And Niantic's customer support were helpful. They were nice, and they were trying to help. Ended up sorting it not through Niantic, (laughs) but there was a few days where I was very nervous that I might have lost my Pokemon Go account, and it made me suddenly realise, like, and the main thought I kept having was, if this progress is gone, I'm probably not going to play the game again, because, like, I was thinking about it, a lot of the appeal of Pokemon Go to me was exploration, discovery, finding a new thing for the first time, um... Being around at the same time as the community, so like when legendary raids were happening, being part of the excitement of a new legendary popping up, and I was just thinking like, there's so many like, there's so many event Pokemon that I wouldn't be able to get, and there's so many legendaries that I would have a tough time getting, and 
it would just feel like a chore to get back to where I was rather than mm. the fun of playing. So I was like, I was I spent a couple of days going, oh, you know, maybe maybe this is it for me in Pokemon Go. And then I got back in and now I'm playing it again a bunch. Aye. Played a bit more Let's Go as well. Uh, continued my shiny hunt. Finally got my shiny ditto. I'm super glad you got back into it. Yeah. I know you had a little bit of, it's cold and wet, no. <laughs> yeah, my brain was like, it's cold and wet, no. And I just kind of didn't for a while, but it's all good. I'm back into both Go and Let's Go. No, 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 noise. What about you? What have you been playing? I've played some more Just Cause 3. Oh yeah, how's that going for you? Blowing shit up. And overthrowing a dictator. It's still fun to be. Um, how did how did your character get described? Um, a person with some s- string and a squirrel suit. Yeah, we got string and a squirrel suit. <laughs> I am basically Spider Fairy. You just fly in and blow stuff up and fly away. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, still really, fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not really following the plot very much. That's, I, I that's like fun. the old science lady, and I I like flying around with my wingsuit and <laughs> my string, and um. Yeah, and and doing things to upset the the bad general man who deliberately killed a bunch of people. Because I'm collecting all the collectibles. As you unlock an area and do all the things in an area, it shows you where the collectibles are. Ah. Makes it a lot fucking easier than just going, what do? It sounds a lot like my 100%ing of Spider-Man was, in Mm. that Spider-Man does the same thing, where it segments the map up into sections, and in each section it'll be like, oh, here's where all the collectibles are. Yeah, once you've uh, liberated all of the towns or, or yeah. um, settlements in an area, it will just show you where they all are. And, it's like, um, this is so much easier. Uh, and once you see them all on there and they're segmented, it's like, I could just collect all the ones in this area. Uh, and then later I'll unlock another area and I'll just get all the ones in there. And it's really fun. Like As I, I've started doing some more of the like challenge mode stuff to yeah. get um, gears to up- upgrade my gear. Because initially I was just like, I'm just going to play through the story. I don't care about <laughs> Extra things. And it was like, I can make my wingsuit and grappling hook better. Mm, <laughs> yes, please. Um, yeah. So now I've done like a bunch of those as well. And like, that's been really this, fun. It's made flying around the world like really fun. This really sounds like the experience I had with Spider-Man. Honestly, this is how I felt about Spider-Man. Yeah, well, the, 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 I got to like a fairly major looking sort of city type yeah. area yesterday. And it felt very Spider-Man with yeah. me grabbing my grappling hook and just <laughs> gliding around on my wingsuit. Slightly faster, if anything. <laughs> Quite possibly. But yeah, it's, I'm, I've been so glad seeing you have fun with this and having enough fun with it that you're like... Yeah, I don't need to care about the story. Let's keep going. Oh yeah, I don't give a damn about the story. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly like the American guy, and it turns out I was right not to. So That's fair. <laughs> Shock. <gasps> the military American guy was bad. Oh. Oh. OMG. Uh, so, other games this week. Yes? Uh, I've got two very quick ones left to it's... rattle off. Um, wow. I played a preview build of a game called Dulac and Fay: Dance of Death. Uh, it's a game set in sort of Jack the Ripper era London. It's a sort of adventure mystery game. Mm-hmm. You play as Lancelot and Morgana Fay, who have both, like, through weird mysterious circumstances, become immortal and are just kind of living through a lot of time. And did they, did they find the cup of Christ in medieval times? Something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's basically like, hey, we happen to these two characters that you know of happen to be in Victorian London. Let's do some mystery stuff during Jack the Ripper's time. Um, 
I was really interested in this game because like I got to speak to the developer a while ago and they have a they had a really clear passion for historical accuracy and debunking myths about what we think we know about the Jack the Ripper story as it were. Mm. Um and a lot of that does shine through in the game. There's a lot of like not flinching away from reality, like acknowledging things like yeah, the British tabloid press has always been kind of racist and trying to pin, like, crimes on minority groups. Um, you shock me. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, unflinching looks at stuff that is, like, very timely and feels mm. relevant today. There's one thing that rubbed me up the wrong way and I can't quite get my get myself past right now. Right. Um, and I, again, I don't know how I would feel about this if I hadn't interviewed the developer first, but... Um, so one of Jack the Ripper's uh, victims is a woman called Mary Kelly, who has had a lot of media created about her in the past, and a lot of it is basically nothing's known about her, and uh, like very little is known. And the developer I spoke to was like, "No, no, no, we want to, you know, try and do a, a much more sort of realistic, grounded take on this person, and try and flesh them out into more of a." human being and not just take the the easy roads with filling in those blanks that a lot of people did. And that was really interesting. When you actually play the game, she's got magic powers. Which doesn't really seem to gel with we're telling an authentic telling of this real person who lived and was murdered's life. And that just kind of like, what makes it weirder is she has the power to basically see the future. And I'm like, but if she had that, she probably wouldn't have been killed by Jack the Ripper. This feels a bit weird. Like, I'll accept magical powers in the two protagonists, because it's like, ah, they're people from outside time that have ended up here. But to go like, oh, real person who was murdered. No, they, they had superpowers. I'm suddenly, like, a lot less interested in this game's attempts at realism. Mm. It, that That point alone just kind of made it hard for me to know what to take at face value and not in the game, yeah. which is a bit of a shame. Because the, the writing was good, I was engaged by the, the story, I wanted to know more, but I just couldn't quite get my head around giving a real-world murder victim superpowers. Hmm. Um, and the other one I started playing was another game I was anticipating that didn't turn out great. Oh no. The Occupation. So this was a game I played like five, six months ago at a preview event. And I was like, this seems really interesting. You play a female journalist trying to uncover um, government nastiness going on. Um, it's a very sort of sneaky, stealth, fuzzly game. I really enjoyed it when I previewed it. Other than the fact that it was buggy as hell. Um, UI elements would, like, drift to the side of where they were meant to be so you couldn't interact with things properly. Oh dear. I would fall through floors and, like, be trapped in impossible-to-escape-not-really rooms. And they haven't fixed that? Uh, it's been five or six months since then, and those bugs are still there. Like, I informed them about these bugs. I, at that preview event, I tried to play through that demo four times, and all four times I reached progression-halting hard bugs that wouldn't let me progress. And I started playing it this week, and I was just like, the second time I encountered one, I was like, this this doesn't feel like anything's changed, and I just oh stopped dear. playing. Which is a shame, because it seems like such an interesting little game. 
Yeah, and if you're not Bethesda, I don't think you can get away with game-breaking fucking bugs. <laughs> Even Bethesda can't get away with it now. Yeah. Uh, have you played anything else? No, that's all the things I've played with. Well then, time for this. Oh yes, spring, I'm coming, I'm coming. It's okay, we'll let you in soon, spring. There you go. The doors, the doors open. It's it. You can be. You, you can be here now, Spring. Exactly. Be as sunny as you need to be. It's okay. Don't. Oh, oh she's she's gone. Gone. It's raining oh. again. <sighs> okay. I guess we'll close the door if they're not coming in. Spring. Okay. In you come. Here you come. Okay. If only for the, this one nice weekend, I guess. Oh, see, they've come in. They're inside now. Oh, and they've gone back out. They. Uh, At least spring came in a few steps this time before exactly. turning back around. It was, it, was, it was nice all morning. Yeah, goodness. Okay, should we try this one more time? No, it's just raining now. Uh, well, that few... cat. Yeah. Hello, hello, come in. Um, hello, hello, doctor. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to, to book an appointment on such short notice. I no just, problem. please have a seat. I'm, 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 I'm just a little over, overwhelmed by all my symptoms right now. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I keep getting sort of very flush cheeks, and um, I'm, I'm blushing, and okay. I keep getting this sort of churning, slightly excited but churning feeling mm-hmm, in my stomach, mm-hmm. and. I I can't seem to get my mind off of this same one topic, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I it's I I don't know what's what's wrong with me. I don't okay, know. if you could just sit down for a moment, if I yes. can, uh, I just I just warm this up. I just need to check your heart there. Just pop that on you there. Ah, interesting. Okay, um, I'm just gonna use my torch here. If you could just just uh, just look up and down. Uh, okay, look straight at me. Right, yes, there is some dilation there. Pulse is slightly raised. Um, have you been uh, seeing anyone new recently? Or... Well, uh, yes, I've 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 got a new partner. I've been seeing, and they're very they're they're, they're very nice and lovely and sweet and caring. Mm, and mm, oh mm. no, it's happening again, Doctor. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Don't you worry, don't you worry. Um, it's perfectly, perfectly natural. It's perfectly natural. Um, you have uh, what is known as a, a serious case of smitten. Oh, goodness, is there any cure? Um, not really. I mean, breaking up with the person would be quite a terminal way of getting out of it. But I think you just have to accept that you are thoroughly smit. Well, thank you, Doctor. At least, at least I know what's wrong now. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go let them know. I'll go let my partner know that I'm terribly smitten with them. Indeed. And t- take this. <gasps> what is it? It's a two-handed glove. <gasps> oh, it's is named it a, after your condition. Is it a smitten mitten? It is a smitten mitten. It's oh. named after your condition. <laughs> <laughs> the smitten mitten of our condition. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can send in the next patient, please. <laughs> so. <gasps> What have you watched, my darling? What have I watched this week? Um, so I've got a thing I'm excited to tell you about having watched because I think you'd really enjoy it. Tell me about the thing. So I started watching a, a sitcom on Netflix called One Day at a Time. 
And I'd heard really positive things about it. I'd heard that it was a very just not nasty sitcom. Um, and I'd had a brief look online and it reviewed incredibly well. Like its first season was a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. The second and third season are sat at a hundred percent. Like it, it has just reviewed incredibly well and like no one seems to be talking about it much. Um, so it is a sitcom about a Cuban family, Mm -hmm. uh, living in America and there's a lot of interesting dynamics going on with the characters. You've got your, I guess, protagonist, your main character is the mother of this family. She was previously in the army. She's come back. She's got some issues with PTSD, with mental health issues, with physical pain from having... And this doesn't sound like the setup for a comedy, I grant you. Um, uh, She's divorced from her husband because, short version, he was out in the war too, and... It changed him in ways that she didn't feel safe around him anymore, and that's a whole thing. Uh, she lives with her mother and her two children. Uh, the daughter is a big old big feminist, and also, this is not really a secret, it's the only thing I knew about this show before watching it was there, there's there's gay representation going on, and it's 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 a really nice show that not only doesn't have any of the things I dislike in sitcoms where they joke about, like, sensitive topics, but it's deals really tactfully and tastefully with real-world issues. Like, I ended up making a note. The first five, six episodes I watched uh, tackled um, feminism, religion, LGBT issues, immigration, PTSD, divorce, uh, global warming, um... Moving on at the end of um, relationships, uh, the issues with underfunding for veterans associations, all in a show that feels primarily like a comedy. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, I will say for anyone who is interested in watching it, early on, the, the, the grandmother character will make a few comments that you, that I, I know I heard and was like, Ooh, not sure about that. It's for a very justified reason. It's it's peppered in once or twice to set the the groundwork for when things happen later to be like, okay, we've had some early tip off that these might be points of conflict within the family. Mm. But on the whole, it's just a really heartwarming comedy that like deals with a lot of social issues in really interesting ways and has a lot of interesting conflict resolution going on in it. Ooh. So I really enjoyed it and I think it might be your jam. I like jam. Yeah, it's it's just a non-white, queer, female-led sitcom that's, yeah, that's, that's nice, to, that's like pretty good with minority representation. It's quite a good show. Nice. What about you? What have you been watching? Uh, I've not watched a lot. I have watched a couple of TED Talks. Ooh, tell me about your TED Talks. Um, so I watched The Disarming Case to Act Right Now on Climate Change by that there uh, Greta Thunberg. Oh, yeah? You know, the 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 Swedish girl, I think she is? Yeah. Who gave like all the big climate speeches recently yeah, and yeah. started the, the school striking stuff. Mm. She's a really good speaker. Yeah, right. Um, 
Yeah, and I didn't realise that she um, has selective mutism. Oh, I did not know that. She's, she uh, like she opens that TED talk talking about how the the fact that she's um, diagnosed Asperger's mm. um, and she has selective mutism, so she only talks when it's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's it's she's got a real sort of passion for the subject and seriousness that that obviously it deserves. Um, she brings up the concept that we need to consider that um, developed countries need to consider going completely zero emission, yeah. so that for reasons of fairness, less developed countries can get their infrastructures built yeah. and have all the things that we have. Yeah, and and give them a chance to do that without catastrophically ruining the world in the process. Completely agree. Um, about how she didn't feel that it, there was much point going to school to get an education for a future that might not exist. Yeah, if we all burn or yeah. whatever, or just die out. It's it's the thing that like I think is a really good point about the children going on strike recently. Is like again, why are you? Learning for a world that might that might end before you reach adulthood. Yeah, exactly. And and something I've heard brought up by somebody else recently was talking about how I think it might have been Leon Thomas on one of the Renegade Cup mm. things talking about how the uh, the future that parents very often try to teach their children about to prepare them for probably won't exist. Yeah, those are the things that we were taught for. Or their parents were taught for, yeah, and, and raised for, and those were the principles they instilled. But those aren't the things that that their world will necessarily need. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. <clears throat> and yeah, and and you mentioned yesterday about was it you mentioned about the um, birth strikers? Oh yes, yes, uh, they were. Uh, I think there was a segment on them on the Victoria Derbyshire program, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, and this is a conversation we've sort of had here and yeah, there. It's like that's why I. Yeah, do children. it's it's the this thought of not wanting to. It's not even just about the climate change thing. It's like not wanting to the world, not wanting to bring more people into a world that is in the state that the world is in right now. Yeah, like and uh, yeah, and the climate change and the cyberbullying and the rise of fascism. And... Yeah, it's it's not necessarily a good time. No. I wouldn't say. No, not really. It's a very upsetting if time anything, to be I, I would say that I think that that child that you brought into the world is perfectly justified pursuing you. <laughs> yes. Suing the shit out of you. Because <laughs> why would you do that to someone that you supposedly love? That's fair. But, um... And this is not to say any issue against anyone who does have kids. It's just personal, personal thought of... Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Personally being like, children are great. I don't want... I, I don't personally want to make one at this time. No. Yeah. E- even if I could have a, a transplant. <laughs> nice, that would be. That's a whole different subject. That's... But yeah, she is a really good yeah. speaker. Um, that is on the TED channel on YouTube, and that is The Disarming Case for Acting Right Now on Climate Change by Greta Thunberg. Mm. What you got? The only other thing I watched this week, uh, it was a true crime thing. It was a documentary about Ted Bundy. Uh, yeah, Ted Bundy. Well, that's the thing these... everyone's raving about at the moment. Yeah, so like... I was mildly curious, because it's been getting a lot of press recently. Um, let me find what it is called, just to be specific. Was um, Bundy Tapes? Yeah, the Ted Bundy Tapes. Um, so it's basically, it's a four-part series. It's like 45 minute to an hour episodes, chrono- uh, chron- doing the chronology of like the entirety of the case from 
when the murders started to when Ted Bundy was executed. Mm. And the thing that really struck me watching this is, like, I always knew that Ted Bundy as a person was obviously a a monster for the the crimes they committed. Uh, What I didn't realise is how incredibly good he was at seeming sincere in his denials that it was him. Mm. Um, it's, it's really, it's really interesting watching, like, the first times that Ted Bundy eventually starts opening up a little bit about the murders is he's already on death row and he will only talk about them in the third person as if he's some sort of narrator talking about, well, hypothetically, I think a murderer would do this and this and that, and mm. but giving so many weird details that it's like, yeah, okay, you clearly did this. <laughs> Someone um, who isn't me. <laughs> and, like, it is clear that he did the murders, because, like, literally the day before he goes to the electric chair, he starts going, okay, it's time for me to confess, I, I acknowledge I've been beaten now, and starts giving, like, oh yeah, you can find one of the bodies here, you can find one of them there. Spots all lined up, but it's... He's the kind of person that, watching and listening to these tapes of him talking, it is really easy to want to believe that he's sincere. Hmm. He's... uh, He's manipulative. He's manipulative to this ludicrous degree. Like, the most most interesting people's interview responses afterwards are his mother and Hmm. his girlfriend during the time that he was on trial. Yeah. Um, Because both of them, he had completely and utterly convinced he was innocent. And, like, this 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 girlfriend that he'd had during the time, um, she was his biggest offender at every one of his court appearances, like, you know, bigging up how, you know, he would never do this, and being a character witness. And she was just, like, completely devastated when he, like, day before he dies, goes, oh yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. Um... I never quite knew how bad that case was, and how much sheer luck was involved in eventually catching him, mm. and how much the police force had to grow and adapt to deal with people like him. Mm. It's... It is an interesting story. I had no idea he'd broke out of prison twice on murder ch- while on murder charges. Um, one of them, he broke out through a ceiling into a guard's uh, quarters, put on their clothes and just walked out of prison. And what was the other one? Oh, he was in a courtroom and he just jumped out a second floor window and ran. Well, yeah, he 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 was a he was a weird man. Um, but you have to be to commit mass murder. Yeah, yeah, you you do. Um, also the other thing I didn't know he he refused help from his lawyers. Like he represented himself in court, which probably did him no favours. They say um, the man that represents himself has a fool for a client. Yeah, like, the, there are there are certain things that just seem so odd watching, because, like, there's video of his trial, because it was all televised. Um, one of the things I found really interesting was, during one of his last trials, he was interviewing one of the police officers who was first on the scene at one of these murders, and... He's just, for some reason, asking him to recount in, like, very graphic detail, like, okay, we'll explain where you were and what the body was like and all these details about the crime scene. And he wasn't building to any kind of point, like, any sort of, aha, you, you've 
contradicted your own testimony. Like, he clearly was in the middle of a courtroom on TV just like, I want to hear about the about how it was after I left. Tell me about it. Yeah, he's he's a creepy man. Yeah. Um, it, it's not going to be for everyone. True crime stuff is like, yeah, I have moods for it sometimes and sometimes I don't. But mm. I can see why people were interested in this documentary in that it... It fleshed out a picture of quite how much of a monster this person is in a way that, like, I never really understood not being alive at the time. Mm. At the same time, I think there is this weird fetishization of serial killers. Oh, God, no, Way too into them. Yeah, no, like, I am not a big fan of this whole sexy Zac Efron um, being Ted Bundy in this movie that's happening. Oh, dear. Have you not heard about this? So... Yeah, there's a movie that's happening about Ted Bundy and he's being played by Zac Efron and the internet is swooning over him and I'm like, no, no, no. He murdered... Apparently that was a thing that happened at the time. There were people... Oh, yeah, yeah, there were, yeah. Yeah, people... Very... He had groupies. Yeah, I, it's... I don't watch this out of any fetishization of him. It no. was purely a... I'm aware of the fact that there was a notorious serial killer called Ted Bundy... I did not know any of the specifics of, like, how big of a deal this was. Like, at, at the time that it happened, like, serial killer wasn't a term. Mm. And watching all the surrounding stuff of people having to learn to adapt with someone who was very good at this and seemed so likeable that it was hard to believe it would be him mm. was really interesting. Yeah. What about you? What's the other thing you watched? Uh, the other thing I watched was another TED Talk. <gasps> Tell me about your other TED Talk. Uh, it is uh, The Biology of Gender from DNA to the Brain by Carissa Sanbonmatsu. Sounds interesting. Uh, I can understand that some people might find this a bit transmedicalist. Yeah, that um, was my first thought when I heard the thing. Um, it It's interesting from, from the point of view of a scientist. Um, she's not come to any firm conclusions. Yeah. Um, but she is a trans person and she talks about the fact that like people said when I first came out, well how do you know you're a woman? And this is something that trans people get a lot. How do you know you are yeah. X gender? Yeah. Well, I just know. Yeah, because if if the, the trick is people wanting an answer of like, well, I like these things and I feel these ways, and it's like, well, can only women do that? And exactly, yeah. yeah. And then at that point, they're they're just trying to back yeah. you into a corner. Because the reason. answer is just, how do you know you're the gender you are? You just kind of feel it. And that there's lots of cases to be said for the um, people who are are double X and, and yeah, uh, have yeah. a penis and and people. Who are X Y and have a womb and 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 various sort of all the, the the different combinations of a way a human can be shoved together, yeah, and 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 from sort of chromosomes. But this is more about like on a DNA level, yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a a trap that can exist in these conversations of discussing like intersex conditions and stuff, which yeah. is like not necessarily the conversation we should be having, and it's no. not great to just bring intersex people up for the purposes of that discussion, but I just wanted to put, like, elephant in the room, we're aware of yes. that being part of the yes, discussion. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but, like, the, and, and, the, and that was sort of the point I was trying to make with that, that that is people who 
like I don't know why trans people are always expected to know all of biology. Yeah. And to a higher standards than most of the people that are going, there's only two genders, penis and vagina, and XXXY. And then we have to sit there and go, well, actually, there's lots of different options, and people fall within a bell curve. So, of your fuck. Yeah. Um, but this was more like on a on a on a DNA level, and talking about how they have this theory of the mosaic brain. Yeah, that they found that there are are bits that um, in in people who are female that there are more of these spots that they typically equate with being female. Yeah, and in in male brains that there are more of these spots. Not that there isn't. This is always this, and that is always that. No, but there's but there is like just a. An amount of stuff. They trend in certain directions. Exactly. Bits will be different sizes, but not to say that the overall brain, as I think it was like a 1920s thing, they had this yeah. theory that, well, men are better at science and maths, uh, at STEM subjects, because they have a, a larger brain, and that's just yeah. not the case. No, it's, it's very small variations that tend towards certain areas, but are certainly not hard and fast rules. Well, it's like the thing I, I, I saw recently about talking about the gender binary as a whole, and about how that actually what they're talking about is where you fit within the bell curve. Yes. And that's just not how people are. Yeah. It might be good to go, yes, we have billions of people and lots of them fall within this peak and that lots of them fall within that peak but there are still lots of people that go all the way down to that little bit in the middle and there are bits that go like very far on the outside of things yeah. that are very much more that or much more that um but she's talking about how like um how how that is and how it is like on a dna level mm. and the fact that your um Sex characteristics and your the, um, the sort of the aspects in your brain are formed at completely separate bits. Yeah. Um. During um. During during your baking. Indeed, and it's certainly conceivable that changes around the body while you're developing might cause them to develop in different ways yeah. because they're developing at different times. Exactly. So basically. There are no firm conclusions. Yeah. But it is interesting that people are doing that study. Yeah. Um, especially, like, I think the thing I was more interested in than any of the gender stuff in that entire thing was, ooh, cool, we get to see really awesome models of, um, you know that picture of, like, the, was it serotonin? Yeah. That little, like, was it the was it the walking thing? I, yeah, I was think it was... the ball the serotonin? I can't remember. I think it was the serotonin. But I think yeah. people know of that sort of animation of, hey, we've got like, this is, this is what moving on a, on a DNA strand this, level, this size is, level. This is what's like. going on in your brain on a Isn't tiny cool? scale. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like, and, and unraveling and unraveling DNA. And it was all fascinating from that point. For, for me, I like, I like the British science animation. It sounds very interesting. It's really, it's only about 10 minutes long. Nice. It's not bad. Uh, you watched anything else? That is all the things I watched. It was not a big watchy week. No, it wasn't for me. It was a play either. week. Yeah. Well then, time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Oh, tell me about our new sponsor. This week's sponsor is Megaton Industrial Presses. Ah. Uh, do you need a really big pneumatic press? No. No. No, I can't really afford one. They're a very niche product. They are a really niche product. I, I don't know why you would advertise one on a podcast that, you know, 
I don't think is is necessarily targeting the wealthy needing to press things materials demographic. Yeah, I don't know how popular we are in industrial circles. I think the problem might be that I turned off all ad tracking and now I'm just getting really irrelevant advertisers. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's... Okay, well, if any of you listening want to spend a fortune on a giant industrial press, press, you can head to Megaton Industry slash presses slash pneumatic slash discount slash QPS 57 and get 4% off shipping for one of their XJ47 slash RB229X industrial presses. Installation not included. Yeah, this is... Yeah... It's weird what happens when you turn off. Yeah, turn off SEO terms are weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I good luck to them. Um, thanks for the the sponsorship, I guess. Yeah. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Cactus Softworks. Hi, hi, hi. How, how, are you, how are you today? Have you uh, been doing any sort of uh, nasty business again? Well, you know, since we sacked everyone, I've only had interns to flog, and it's weird. They just, after a while, they just leave. Like, it's like they've got nothing to lose, and... Oh, I feel goodness. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So, so, I've got, I've got an idea for you today. And, yeah. And this is a nice simple one. It's pretty simple. Sure. So, you know, like, the most difficult part of, of making a game is we've got to actually make game. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, there's got to be enough for people to keep playing. And, yeah. You know, we can't really make a game that, you know, has very little content or, you know, ends abruptly without people, you know, complaining. So, yeah. so, brilliant idea here, brilliant idea. We set up the game so it breaks your console. That's brilliant. Because here's the thing. A, you can't refund your game if you can't turn the console on to refund it. Sure. B, it'll, it'll break your, your game and your console before you can see that we didn't make much content. Yeah. That's that's the idea, really. Is there any way we can hide it so there's literally no trace that it was our fault? Uh, well, we can we can deny that it's our fault. We can ignore all the people complaining and like ah yeah, some, I, I uh, like ignoring people. Well, because here's the thing: is if we just ignore people, then like the next you know the next controversy will happen within like three days, and we'll be forgotten. Yeah. You know, someone will probably do an AMA on some terrible message board, and before we know it, yeah, off got clear. Yeah, I mean, there's always someone that's gonna say something problematic on the internet. Uh, maybe we could just get someone to you know do something on HN or whatever. I I. I, I what, what a terrible mistake that would be. Even we wouldn't make a move that bad. No, no, no. <laughs> we're not fucking idiots. No, we're not fucking idiots, unlike... Don't know who. I mean, yeah, we're not fucking idiots. No, no one would do that. No one would do that. So, yeah, that's it. We, we simply... We make a bad, short game, and we hide it by breaking everyone's console so that they not only can't play it, but they can't refund it. You're a fucking genius. I know. So, 
what have you been listening to this week? I've only listened to one thing, so do you want to do some I've, of yours first? I've only listened to two things, so I'll do one, then you do one, then we'll come back to me. Does that sound like a plan? Okay. Okay. So the first one is from a, is a track that is from the soundtrack to a show I've not seen. I've intended to watch it um, and to put more time into it. Uh, Ruby, spelt R-W-B-Y. Uh, it is made by the Rooster Teeth people, and it's a sort of female-led action sort of um, shonen-type like anime show, but made by people in America, so not really anime. And um, it's red, white, blue, yellow, yeah? I believe that's the case. Um, I, I I know that one of the characters is red and is called Red, so that would make sense. Um, yeah, and this track, I came across it because I was watching like a live stream while I was working, and like as the outro music to fade out the live stream, they put this track on. I was like, oh, "What is this? This is really interesting." So I started like frantically googling lyrics, and it was uh, "Red Like Roses." Album version, part two. Um, it's just a really fast, frantic, female-fronted, like, speed rock with a slightly angry punk vocal line to it. Mm. Um, it's just a really interesting track that I heard and was like, oh, I need to know what this is. So I don't know the context for it within the show. Um, it seems like the character Red might have lost someone that was important to them, perhaps, and mm. is kind of sad and angry and has emotions about that. Mm. Um... There's a really nice track that I listened to with zero context. What have you listened to? I listened to one thing. Um, it was a one of the Big Finish audio uh, productions, uh, Ooh, Doctor yes. Who dramas. Uh, and it was the uh, Davros, which I believe was their ah, 48th release. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting one. One that somehow I had missed previously. Um, I've heard their I, Davros, which is like a four-part 16 hours, something like that. Um, drama about the sort of rise of Davros to power on Skaro hmm. and and all of the horrible things he did at the time. Yeah. Um, this starts with um, Davros is officially dead. Uh, no hmm. one really knows what happened exactly. Um, time is weird and non-linear, who knows? The, well, especially in that universe. Yeah. Um, the Daleks haven't been operating in sort of Earth's quadrant space for, okay. for some time. So the Doctor's just not too fussed about them, I uh, guess. Um, well, the humans aren't really too okay. fussed about them. Like, there are stories about, you know, family members who died in the Dalek Wars and, yeah, and yeah. things like that, but the Daleks aren't a current threat. Yeah. And basically there is this archaeologist who believes that that, that um, Davros is misunderstood. <laughs> um, you know, you were taught all this propaganda in school about how awful and, and evil the Daleks and, yeah. and Davros was, but really that's not the case. He, he, was, he was an absolute genius and... and... Uh, and and very much misunderstood and and don't believe the propaganda and it's mm. knowing that obviously that that we've the, seen the things that happened we've we seen the things but not yeah. only that but the Daleks were very specifically made as an analog for the Nazis yeah they're yeah. space Nazis yes they are and and to have that sort of like well actually actually the the Nazis weren't all bad it's it's yeah. it, does, to listen to that now... I was going to say, does that feel timely? <laughs> feels timely and really fucking awkward. Yeah. Um, what, when was this released? 
This was released in 2003. <laughs> well, someone saw the writing on the walls, apparently. <laughs> apparently so. And people just like Dalek stories. Yeah. But um, Terry Malloy comes back as as Davros, and he's, he's definitely one of my favourite Davros, Davrosies. Um, mm. of because it was Davros uh, in the Sylvester McCoy era, yeah, which yeah. was was kind of my era, and I think he was the voice for the I Davros series as well. So mm. I've got him as that sort of the more I was going to say human, but obviously <laughs> yeah. not him. And um, the 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 uh, Khaled, yeah, um, yeah, um, uh, old, old version of of Davros before the loss of his voice box and the burning, and yeah. But everything else, and then they, you've got some of the story about when he was first put in this chair, and it opens with this quite incredible speech about the fact that he's been given this um, poison injector because they realise he must be in such incredible pain because, like, everything about him is burned and broken and fucked, and yeah. he only exists because his chair keeps him alive. Yeah. Um. But as the doctor says at another point, it's not what keeps him alive, it's fucking malice. <laughs> yeah. And it isn't a really interesting story of these sort of humans that are going, no, 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 we're going to bring him and he's going to help us out because he's an amazing scientist. And the doctor going, I don't fucking trust him, I'm going to hang around to find out what he's up to. And the Davros is like, well, you know, I was in prison for many, 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 many years and um, I had only inside my own mind to cope with and, and I... In that time, I, I, I realised all the things I'd done wrong, and I was very, very bad, and this went on and on and on for infinity, and then my heart beat a single time, and then the whole thing repeated again, and again, and again, for over the course of fuck knows how many years. Yeah. Um, and that basically was forced to live in his own personal hell of his mind for so so long. And he's pretending to be the sort of reformed character. Yeah. And everyone's just like, don't trust him. Apart from the humans who were like, no, he's lovely. He's yeah. going to help us. And then obviously you've got this whole um, big corporation that are trying to use him and, and his science to sort of yeah. make things better in the world for the human empire that are spread out into the thing. It's a really interesting. It's about two and a half, three hours long. Nice. And it's a nice little That's drama. That's a very manageable length. Yeah. I like the Big Finish stuff. They do a really yeah. good job. Oh. Uh, and the only other thing I started listening to is uh, I started listening to a new podcast just because I was interested by the premise. I've heard it advertised on a few of the Max Fun shows recently. Mm. I listened to an episode of Doctor Game Show. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, so the general premise is it's um, the hosts in front of an audience and like call-in participants will play listener-submitted games. Mm. And... It's it's all a little bit it's a little bit hodgepodge. Like I I don't know how much of this is likely to change because it's like it's in the process of moving to Max Fun. Um, I just went and listened to a random back episode, but the hosts have a very nice um, rapport with each other. Mm -hmm. It's a some of the show ideas were very, the 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 game ideas were very fun. Yeah, it's just a very silly little show with a formula that is clearly open to a lot of variation and being very different each time. Mm. So I had a lot of fun listening nice. to that. And I've only listened to like one episode, but it's enough that I'm like, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll subscribe. I'll yeah. listen. Like when this starts up again on Max Fun, I will probably listen like as they come out. Yeah, I've been I've been sort of hearing it advertised on on other Max Fun shows, so I'm, I'm curious to sort of give it a listen. I think. Yeah, I I will find for you. There was a um. A sort of best of ish uh, episode that 
like seems like a good place to get a feel for that show. Yeah. Right. I think that's everything we've listened that to. That is everything we've listened to. So. <gasps> but thankfully, all of those kittens found their way back home. Now, over to the weather with Invisible Bob. Hello, this is Invisible Bob. The weather today will be pleasantly warm with a chance of chocolate sauce rain around lunchtime. As such, there's a risk of very, very sexy times in the early afternoon, turning sticky by evening. Tomorrow there will be a disco-nado moving across the west coast of the country, so dress appropriately when those funky beats kick in and the glitter balls start to fall. Moving on to the weekend now, it's going to be amazing! It's going to be a waffle and syrup rain, and I'm so up for that. Make room, grab a fork, and dig in! Back to the studio! Yes, uh, hello Mittens, hello. I am looking for a personal assistant for my catty business. Oh, yes, uh, did, did, did you want to do a, a test or something? See see if I can um, keep up with your, your uh, arranging your schedule? Okay, well, um, yes, my football appears to be empty, um, so I'll need to do something about that. There's a big uh, empty spot in the middle here. Uh, it's, it's, um, y- you've got food left in your bowl, it just is around the sides. I do need to do something about that now. Uh, okay, I'll push that to the middle. Now, you, can you see that it's, there's food in there? I'm food now, yeah, sorry, no business. I'm food now. Uh, uh, having, having a look at your schedule here, um, I see that you've got a, you've got a double booking. You've got both sleeping and having belly scratches at the same time. No, not too bad. I can do both at the same time. But if you could uh, perhaps uh, push the thing off the side there. Uh, uh, yes. While I'm sleeping, having belly scratches, which is, of course, a trap. Ah. Okay, it's pushed off the side. Push more things off side. Fuck that thing in particular. God, yes. Now, I would like to have two or three naps. Perhaps uh, you could also be having a nap when I'm having a nap, so that, that more napping is happening overall. I, think uh, I, can, I, I think I can certainly manage that. Uh, was there any anything else that, before we finish up? Yes, ma'am. So, there um, would certainly need uh, someone to rouse the humans. I think that's the time when I could be having a nap, ma'am. Uh, so, what, what time if you could like... get up around four and start scratching the door and meowing loudly, I'll just get another nap in. I, uh, I think that could certainly work. Well, okay, well, meow, I guess you can be hired. I'll rub my face on you, therefore you're hired. You belong to me now. Thank meow. you. Yes, you smell of me enough, meow. Now, if you could um, just go and put your bottom in the face of the foreman, that'd be lovely. Thank you, Mayor. <laughs> story time! Let's have a story! What's the story? Well, I don't know, we're going to make it up. Yeah, this is our new segment where we, we take a short story prompt and we try and make a short story. 
Yeah. We've not tried this yet, so we'll see how it goes. Right. We've, we've had a few suggestions. I basically uh, put out asking for people to give story prompts, locations, characters, goals, etc. that we shall weave into tales. Okay, um, okay. And, and people have come up with like whole sections of ideas, uh, or even sort of whole story arcs. But I think what I really want to do is sort of take bits of that. And, and put it together into something. Okay, okay. So, um, I think for a character, we have Nuffles the Fairy Corn, who Ooh. is super full of love and really likes birdies and snuggles. Ah, Now, see, I hear Nuffles, and my brain auto-completes Snuffles, and I like to picture that they're just like a little a little bit a little bit sniffly. A little bit sniffly fairy corn. Yeah, fairy maybe, corn. maybe this, this fairy corn is... Maybe they have hay fever or something. They've got... They've oh. got Plant-based allergies, they're occasionally a little sniffly. So they have little fairy wings, but yeah. they're basically a tiny, tiny unicorn. Yeah, a tiny little unicorn. And they're a bit snuffly. Yeah, a little bit snuffly. Nuffles. Nuffles. Oh, bless. I like our protagonist already. Somebody has mentioned the possibility of a hidden land behind the washing machine. Oh, that's very Lego Movie 2-ish, isn't it? Um, I guess so. And, and, and with a goal of, of freeing the world from evil dryland creatures and to get back home in a wrinkle-free condition. Well, see, I think this ties into Snuffles the, the, the fairy corn. Mm-hmm. Because they, we've, I've, I've suggested there may be a bit snuffly allergies. Yes. The Dryolint monsters probably make them snuffly and sneezy too. Okay, so what are we going to call this adventure for Snuffles? Um... Snuffles and the adventure to make sure that no one else has to suffer from allergies. Okay. Or do you have a better name? No, that's, that's a very wordy one. It is. It is quite words. Um, Snuffles, Snuffles fights allergies. Snuffles, Snuffles fights for antihistamines. <laughs> Snuffle the living antihistamine. It defeats all of your allergens. Oh, bless. Or Snuffles. Yeah. So, Snuffles the fairy corn, they live behind the vegetable rack in the kitchen. Yeah, just like stealing little nibbles of food when they just can. Yeah. Carrots, I guess. I guess, I guess a fairy corn would probably enjoy carrots. Well, see, when you mentioned fairy corn, for some reason I initially did picture slightly bunny-ish features, so... Uh, yeah, maybe stick some bunny ears on them, they can eat carrots. <laughs> so they've got fairy wings. Yep. And bunny ears. Yes. Uh, and, and, and they, they, they buzz around. Yes, and they're and, a tiny unicorn, And they're yes. a tiny unicorn. Okay, yep. Yeah. Okay, yep. yep. What's yep. wrong with that? I think I was just trying to get it clear in my head as someone who cannot envision these things. <laughs> but what about a friend? They need a friend. Oh, okay. Um, My, my gut says mm-hmm. their friend is just a regular old animal that we have in the real world. Like a, I don't know, the hamster that lives in the hamster cage that's like kind of near the, the vegetable rack. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they have a hamster on the side in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, hamster so... can't get out their cage, but they're like, I can I can help and give advice and cheer you on. So the hamster's probably got a name that their human gave it. Yeah. Biscuit. Ooh, Biscuit. Biscuit. Biscuit's a good name. Uh, because they're they're biscuit coloured. Yeah, that's an appropriate yeah. name for a hamster. Exactly. And but what what are they? What do you think they call themselves? Um, Sir Archibald Reginald the Third. Sir Archibald Reginald the Third, the yeah. most regal of hamsters. The most regal of hamsters. <laughs> um, do you think that sometimes they fashion a little a little tiny cape and scepter? <gasps> I now I do. Now they do. So yeah. in their little tiny hamster house in the yeah. cage at the back, they have snuck away. Where well, they hide it somewhere when it's cleaning day. Yeah, a little maybe bit in their of, cheeks. Yeah, like a little bit of like tissue or something that they ripped out from a tissue box near them and they made it into a cape. Yeah, like a little cape and a little, a little yeah. crown. And and Sir Archibald, Reginald Archibald, the third, the third something fancy name. It's it's morning 
and it's 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 just about sunrise. The women's aren't up yet, uh, and and Snuffles, the fairy corn with the bunny ears, yes, takes a, a long stretch and has a little nibble of a carrot, but not too much nibble because they don't want to be noticed as being there. Oh, sorry, I've just had an idea. The reason why Snuffles is living in the house is because they're trying to get away from outside where it made them sneeze, and that's why it's a problem that the dust monsters are here. Ah. Because they thought they'd escaped the uh, allergens, but no, there's more of them. There's now house allergens. And they do a little flap and a little... All their tiny little, their clippy clobby uh, horsey hooves land on the on the counter, and they wake up. Right? So, Sir Archibald, Sir Archibald. Yes, yes. Okay, are you gonna come out and play today? I wish I could, but I can't work out this confounded cage door. Still, it's okay. I'll do it. Um, and then Nuffles grabs the grabs the cage door out uh, in the teeth and just and he just pops the door. Huzzah! You're free. <laughs> Thank you! My my imprisonment was far too long. Someone of my royal stature should be free to roam the kingdom as he pleases. Absolutely. So, I've been having a problem. I had terrible trouble sleeping last night. Oh no, what, what, what on earth was going on? I can't stop sneezing, and the whole reason I came in the house in the first place was to get away from all the sneezy things. Oh goodness. We, we must go and investigate. Um, what, what are they going to ride to get down off the counter? I, I imagined that Sir Archibald Reginald the Third was just going to ride the fairy corn down. Okay, so they right. can just get on me back, and I will take you down to the grounds and, and safely. <laughs> we don't want you plummeting again, Sir Archibald. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Twitch, twitch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and they ride down onto onto the floor, and then clip clip. Maybe they find their way to where the allergens are coming from by sort of. Aiming snuffles around and seeing which direction makes them sneeze. So Sir Archibald just grabs grabs um, snuffles by the side of the head and just points. Yeah, just a little bit like like a like a radar. Cold, cold. Yeah, exactly. And eventually they pinpoint that they need to be heading towards the uh, that was it the washing machine. Oh goodness, this is. Oh, this is doing my allergies no good. Oh, goodness, we, we must be on the right path then, I suppose. Uh, 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 oh, uh, maybe we ask these fellas round here if they, uh, they, they, they know what's uh, causing you to sneeze. And then introduce the lint monsters. Yeah, why are they out here? This is not earth. And, excuse me, my, my, my friend has been, um, has been sneezing an awful lot in the last uh, day or so. Um, could... <laughs> oh, I think you may be the problem. Um... You are allergens, and you're making my friend very poorly, and I would appreciate if you would just not be around anymore. Well, we don't really like it here. We've all been slowly forming out of all the little bits of leftover sock. <laughs> Our plans are basically to keep stealing socks and then grind them up into even more dust and allergens. <laughs> so, we have an important thing we've not worked out for this story right. yet, which is... What is the resolution? Because I don't feel like Snuffles and Reginald Archibald fancy name the third. Um, I don't feel like like fighting them, like destroying them would be the answer. Maybe. So Reginald Archibald fancy name the third. <laughs> Were you not re- ready for me to make that a canon part no, that's of the name? That's absolutely fine. Yep. Yes. Um, yes, and Get themselves covered in lint and then like run over to the humans and hope that the humans will clear up the lint and get rid of it. Okay, so Sir Reginald's like, I'm not having this. 
sort of runs through them and just rolls around on the floor and just does a little dust bath like a chinchilla. Yeah, and then goes, I'm getting the humans, you won't last too long. And then snuffles very carefully and very sneezily, takes Sir Archibald upstairs to one of the humans' bedrooms and then just sort of deposits dusty warm hamster. Yeah. I feel like you wouldn't see the heads of these humans. I think the, like... Just, yeah, just sort of the ankles. Yeah, but you'd get a sort of like a, oh, goodness, oh, oh, goodness, Biscuit, you've managed to get out of it. How did you get so dirty? Oh, goodness, and... and they sort of go to bring them back to the cage and twig. Ah, ah, it was the it was the lint and they clear the lint tray out and everything's okay. <laughs> the end. Yay! Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to send us any plots and thing uh, any sort of ideas, goals, characters, if we can get like a few things together, we will just shove them all in together and 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 come up with something interesting, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you to... Who did we get? Things. Uh, Tricky for giving us uh, the story of the washing machine and, and the, the dust, the dusty creatures. And to Becky Toohill for uh, Nuffles, the tiny fairy corn. I really like birdies and snuggles. We didn't get anything in about the birdies and snuggles. Well, okay, maybe the ending, the ending shot is is a <laughs> snuggle with Sir Archibald Reginald, fancy name, having recently had a, a, a wash to get all the dust Indeed. off, and they so just sort of with the hamster down. Yeah, they just have a nice little cuddle in the in the cage, and that's the parting shot. Is the camera zooming in on them having a nice Watching cuddle? Watching birdies out of the window. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there, we, there we go. The end. Yay! Thank you to everyone who sent uh, submissions. Yeah. Uh, apologies, we couldn't get around to everyone. We but will, we we'll will keep hold of them, and they, yeah. they might end up in a future one. We we have many many stories to tell. Indeed. Do you want to know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Yes, <laughs> Hello, Mary. Hello, Larry. How are you doing? I think we got our names the wrong way round. Hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, was, I was a bit confused who I was for a second, but I'm all right. This is a problem with life, really. Yeah, isn't it just? How's, how's your week been? Yeah, not, oh, not too bad. Uh, yeah, a bit... Uh... Yeah, getting over this thread thing that's going round. Yeah, yeah, I imagine it must be uh, quite difficult on your voice. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're as gruff as I. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I've, I've I've had another one of my things are what I've seen in the week and I want to talk about. Is yeah, that right if I talk to you about a thing I saw? Please in the week? do. So I, I oh, earlier this week was uh, just in the supermarket and. Uh, I ended up having to step in because there was a bit of a, a bit of a nasty situation happened oh, where yeah. um it was uh, there was a wheelchair user in the uh, supermarket yeah. who you know they they got out of their wheelchair to reach something before getting back into the chair which is you know totally a thing and yeah, yeah. um some someone just started kicking off and having a right proper go at him sort of going oh you clearly don't need your chair if you can stand up to get stuff oh why do you need your chair that's not how wheelchairs work exactly exactly yeah yeah but this is like this is what I was saying it's like I I ended up having a bit of a talk with them because obviously like you know there are some people who are wheelchair users who you know can't leave their chairs of their own volition and that is you know a situation but 
That's that not a, the only situation. Exactly. There's a myriad of situations in which someone might use a wheelchair. Uh, it might be that, you know, uh, standing and walking are very, very tiring. Like, they can't do that for long enough to, say, get to the shops and get back. But yeah. they can do to, like, you know, for the few seconds it takes to get a thing off the shelf. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe it's a it's a pain issue. Maybe they can do it, but it's very painful. And yeah. it's, it's a last resort, but it's not something that, you know, they want to be doing. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, it's it's a mobility aid. And that's the point. It's it's yeah. it's about the the aid aspect yeah it's like i've i uh knew someone many years ago when i was still doing stand-up comedy um you know she, she was very big on the scene used an electric wheelchair and uh uh, uh carer helped um get her around to a lot of gigs surprisingly a lot of not accessible uh venues Oh, what a surprise. Uh, well, yeah, actually, not terribly surprising oh, at all. no, I was being but, sorry. But, but the fact that, you know, very often it would be the case of uh, people help, running the gig would, you know, help carry the, the chair upstairs, but she would be able to, do you know, over a prolonged period, be able to walk up there on her own. Yeah, yeah. But that was about it, and that was probably it for the rest of the, you know, Yeah, the exactly, exactly. So while she was mobile enough to get up a flight of stairs, that wasn't going to be it for the day. And and the, the the whole point of a mobility aid is that it does give you a, a sense of uh, 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 or not even a sense uh, some some freedom. Yeah, exactly. Like the whole point of of a, of a wheelchair or you know any other similar sort of uh, mobility aid is it makes it easier to get around. Be that through uh, you know what you can and cannot manage, or be that to do with fatigue or pain or a myriad of other conditions. Absolutely. It's just, it's a way to make life easier. The fact that someone can stand for two seconds to get something off a tall shelf doesn't mean that, you know, they don't need their chair for day-to-day use. Yeah, I mean, this this brings me the, uh, to sort of an, another slightly related point, was like, I uh, I knew about somebody who uh, was a, a blue badge holder. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, I believe that's because uh, their child has some, some disability problems. Yeah. And they they are allowed certain certain parking. Uh, I I don't think it's like a huge amount of parking. I know you can get different amounts. Yeah, yeah. That you're allowed to have to, depending on sort of various aspects. I don't really understand the whole thing there, but um, they they were getting out of a, a their their vehicle, their mobility adapted vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in a car park, and someone started having a go that they didn't look very disabled, and you know they. The, they were going to report them to the authorities for the fact that they had this blue badge, but clearly they uh, didn't have disabilities. Oh. You know, you, you don't, you shouldn't ever have to explain yourself to someone yeah. just because of of how you look. And there, there are, uh, you know, um, quote unquote invisible disabilities. Yeah. You know, I've known people who um, have uh, like like bowel issues. Yeah. And yeah. or use. Um, uh, stoma bags, yeah, uh, and for various reasons, and they will have radar keys, yeah. But I've seen them getting chipped from people because you know, well, you're not you're not disabled. Yeah. I, I am just because you can't see my particular disability yeah. doesn't mean to say I don't I, need I, I, use I, of a, a yeah. disabled toilet. I, I knew someone very similar in a similar situation. They used to get shouted at by by people with mobility aids occasionally because they'd be like, "Oh, you don't need that that you know that use that space." And again, it's you know invisible disabilities. Yeah. And that's certainly not to say that's a common issue, but it does, you know, it's a no. thing that can happen sometimes. No, and I think all of that needs to stop. Indeed. It, the whole issue is just 
just because you see a second or two of someone either like someone appears to you to not be disabled in a very brief interaction doesn't mean that they that is life yeah that that is life for them it doesn't mean that that you know there's not some issue going on that you can't see or some issue that affects them parts of the time and not all of the time yeah yeah basically mind your own fucking business exactly right you want that hug yes please mate please oh yeah yeah that's a good hug, mate. Yeah, it's a good hug. Yeah. Oh, it's making me ready for a sleep, though. Same, same. I think it's uh, getting pretty late. I'll uh, put a kettle on. Have, oh. have that fruit tea. Have, and, that, uh... have that fruit tea. Yeah. yeah. So, huh? Laura? Yes? Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Kotaku.co.uk. I'm doing a bunch of travelling and interviewing people. You can find me on Dice Funk. It's a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. And you can find my two books that are coming out at some point in the future. Uncomfortable Labels and Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. Mm-hmm. What about you? I can be found on Twitter and YouTube as Maniac Janiac. I'm on twitch.tv slash janiac and every thursday pretty much around 7:45 uk time pm i will be found uh streaming with my sexy potato squad my wonderful community i can also be found on badly designated heroes on the curiosity epidemic network uh which is a fifth edition dnd real play podcast i play trees a furball druid um who yeah i i I keep wanting to say things that have happened, but we're we're like six episodes of recording ahead of where where's produced, so I'm a bit concerned about saying stuff. I've got a dog now. I know Yay. that. I know that bit's definitely happened. <laughs> I've got a dog called Doggo. Um, yeah, it's lots of fun. We are having lots of fun with that, and yeah, um, check that out, please, and share it if you've not seen it yet. Yay! Yay! I'm also on this, which you're listening to now, so that's yeah. all right. Oh, uh, soundcloud.com slash magnet, where you might be listening to this now. Uh, yeah, so darling, sing us out. Until next time, be a stranger. Yeah.